Welcome to the Queer SLP, a podcast for the LGBTQ plus professional. Join two chatty speech language pathologists as we deep dive into queer culture, evidence-based research, and work-related issues. The Queer SLP's mission is to establish a sense of community, discuss informative content, and provide a space for other proud professionals to share their stories. Welcome to the Queer SLP. My name is Hector. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. And we have a special guest. Yay. Hand clap. <laughs> my name is Shane Kimball. My pronouns are he, him. And I am a queer SLP. Yay. All righty. So we like to start our episodes with a quick check-in. So let's start with Shane. Shane, how are you doing? Well, you know, in the chaos of the world around me, I am falling apart, but I'm surviving. My days as a NICU therapist kind of help brighten out some of those darker parts of the day. So it's really nice that I get to spend my day helping families and seeing little bitty babies so that like when I do come home to the world in chaos, I know that I can escape back at work tomorrow. I didn't realize how dark that was. Okay, good. good, good. It's okay to be a little dark sometimes. Especially as your truth. Be as dark or as bright. What about you, Natalie? Well, let's see. I'm just starting to get into my job. Um, We're recording this on a Friday, and I will start at the preschool I'm working at on Monday. So, oh, no, wait, it's Thursday. Fucking A. It's Thursday. (laughs) That's where you're at. You're at Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday. And I will be starting at the preschool that I will be working at on Monday. So I need to get to know my students and learn their IEPs and all that. But instead, I've been watching YouTube videos. (laughs) Will that be in person? It will be in person, which is fine with me because I have had my first dose of the vaccine and I will have my next one next week. So I feel like I'll be not bringing anything home to Andrea and be protecting my students and all that as well. And my mom and everyone in my life. I feel okay with it. And also we we're wearing masks and visors and lots of sanitizing. And so I feel pretty comfortable with it. So I'm, I'm doing that and I'm watching a lot of ContraPoints, which is an interesting YouTube channel. What else is going on? Oh, oh, so my cat had to have some teeth removed this week. And when we picked her up from the vet, she was all droopy. And I was having a conversation with Hector and I heard this like thump and I turned around and the cat had like fallen against the wall and she was just sort of like staring there, glassy eyed. And it was funny, but also I didn't want to laugh because um, the poor kitty was all drugged up. Um, But she's doing better. (laughs) Well, well, uh, we'll keep your cat in our thoughts. Um. (laughs) My life is very interesting and full of thrills. Oh, okay. Can I interject with, okay, let me first start off by saying it's not often that I give in to responding to people on Facebook mm-hmm. over over things, okay? I'm much more of like a watcher. I just like to like watch the drama unfold. You're like a voyeur. And, oh, uh, one thousand percent okay which is a good segue (laughs) to our episode yeah um so (laughs) if there's one thing that we know is well at least i I, i'm guessing everybody knows this i i don't even know if this is common knowledge the med slp forum on um on facebook 
I don't know if you two are part of that. This community. Oh well, let me tell you, it is a breeding ground for hate. And <gasps> oh no, there's some drama that was unfolding. There's always drama unfolding on there, but there was a lot of talk on their Facebook page, and somebody posted a new medical SLP page for oh, those on the right. What? Because the what? some members within the group felt that the general met slp group was too leftist and they felt that they had to create a new page for the right slps only and it was titled as such uh the right slps okay i just want to say that um were they thinking that there was too much snow in the in the snowflake lane like what (laughs) like i don't like this i'm leaving and taking my phone were they too culturally competent (laughs) you know they were too competent so i relished in the attacks and then i dove into the attacks of course because at this point i'm like you know what i don't respond much i deserve to respond this and i want to tear them down (laughs) um the post got removed from the facebook page three or four times before they actually blocked the person so they would delete the post and they would post it again and people were joining. That was the thing. There were, when I looked at it, and it's hard to tell, like, who was doing it as a uh, as a spy. Which I knew that there was no way they were going to accept me because they would take one look at my profile pic and be like, what is this? <laughs> so I was no way going to fool anybody. But I was just so... I I guess it can be a little naive. Like I was so shocked that someone in the world thought that that was a good idea. And I feel like not much shocks me anymore after the last four years, but like I see something like that in our field and I get really concerned about these are the people who are working, work, working with people. And Ooh, it was kind of, it's kind of like, I laugh at it, but that's that's not great for us. It's it's not. Really I just not. made a um, I made a terrible joke in my head that just shows how quick witted I am. But because they're <laughs> med SLPs, I was thinking about something, and so I thought, oh, I wonder if they like to give the assessment the CLQ anon T. I haven't given. I haven't given it a CLQT in a long time. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, why didn't they pick the name, like, yeah. Red Meds or something? Like, that's super fun and rhymey. And alliteration. Not, not alliteration, but rhymey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Red like, Meds. Red Meds. Like, that's more fun, but, you know, they're probably not into fun. Or that's, like, way too, like, Matrixy, you know, Red Pill. Yeah. Oh, love. Well, that's very cute, on. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Gotta take the Red Pill and wake up, people. Ugh. Well, that's a crazy, like, that's a good update, though, um, to kind of, like, jump off of. I mean, I don't have much. Ooh, I just learned right now that Washington is moving into phase two of reopening. So, uh, for example, you know, restaurants opening up more and gym times opening up, things like that, that matter to me. (laughs) Food and and exercise. Food and exercise. That's all. Exercise is not a personality. (laughs) (laughs) other than that a little bit of anxiety about going back into work in person 
We're expected to do that in March. Don't know if that's actually going to happen. Other than that, I did get my first round of the vaccine as well. So uh, my next one is in February. And then just kind of like digging in, hoping to develop the podcast a little bit more. We've got some great things coming up. So look forward to it if you're listening. If you're not, then what are you doing here? (laughs) If you're not, like, why are you invested? (laughs) I just fell into a podcast walking down the street. How did you accidentally stumble (laughs) into this and welcome? Right. (laughs) So I think we've all checked in. So should we, you know, discuss a little bit what our topic is today? Yes. Um, I'll let Natalie do that. We're going to talk about dating as an SLP. So this is a fun episode. We're just going to, we're going to chat about professional issues around dating, how you navigate your personal life and your professional life together or not together. Hot topics. Hot it topics is a hot for the, topic for the queer SLP on the go. It's, <laughs> it's queer SLP after dark. Right? After, yes. oh, that's the name of the episode. Okay. I'm... Yes. <laughs> Natalie just clocked into work, guys. She's here. She's here for business. She is here. Um, I love that. Yeah, I think this is, you know, while it's a a fun topic, it's an important topic because I hate using the word intersectionality because it's, you know, meant to be about the uh, oppression. But it's such a good word because now we're looking at that, you know, like being an LGBTQ community member, but also a professional and then how to intermingle and date and and things like that where i'll even say like the heterosexual counterparts of that we have like they don't have to worry about that like as in like they can so easily navigate that and even think that a coworker is well i can make that assumption about you you know even if it's wrong um it's more likely to be right you know statistically speaking i guess we could start should we jump into the results of the survey and we can unpack a little bit of what I learned from our Instagram posts. Yeah. So Hector had posted a bunch of questions to Instagram and we're going to learn about what people said. Right. So the first question that I posted was, (laughs) the first question is, would you date another SLP? So what I want is for Natalie and Shane Tell me your answer, and then I'll tell you what the percentage was for people. I would not date another SLP. And my reason is, is that I feel like that it would, my life would be too much about work. I just don't like to come home and talk about work. I do sometimes, but I'm trying to be better about, about not obsessing over work things when I'm not at work. So I, I feel like if I were to date another SLP, it would be dangerous to come home and talk about research. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, totally. What about you, Shane? Yeah, I have a very similar view. I like to think myself that I do a really good job of separating my personal life from work. And I try to limit the things that I do outside of work, including people. But... um... (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I try to separate those two because they work for me personally, they require to be separate. So doing a podcast like this, or when I see people who have an Instagram or their personal Instagram, that is more 
or really going into that professional to me that's not it's not a good thing for me personally i i want that separate i want those two different lives and so dating someone who had a, the same career to me would be really hard because i would feel like that would dominate a lot of the conversation and it might also do some trickery for me to think that i might have more in common with the person than what we really might and it's a hard slippery slope but my long story answer is no and i feel I tend to not mesh well always with the personality, the general personalities of an SLP on a romantic standpoint may not be my, my cup of SLPT. Oh, um, my answer is a hard no. Um, <laughs> a hard no. Like I'm talking like I'll see on Tinder that it says they're an SLP and I automatically swipe left. I don't even care about what they look like or what other qualities they have. Mostly because, one, work is so draining as far as, like, the communication energy that it takes for me, knowing that I am, like, constantly being an active listener intentionally, thinking that I would have to also carry that over to at home and know that that person actually is, like, smelling my BS when I'm, like, fake listening, you know? Like, oh, yeah, tell me, you know, like, uh-huh, sure. I can do that with my clients. <laughs> but I can't do that with my partner who's, like, measuring my pragmatics, you know? Like, <laughs> so you're not really listening. Um, on so, top you, of- <laughs> so you want someone to, like, not know that you're ignoring them? Yep. <laughs> I want to be able to turn it off. Like, there's that piece of me that's, like, Anybody who knows me, as soon as I go home, they're like, you're an introvert. And I'm like, 100%. Like, I am exhausted. Um, And that's because of what work does. So thinking about carrying that skill over to home is is just awful. And then similar to what Shane says, like, I don't think I have the same, like, at least I haven't seen it anyway. Like, the same qualities are what I'm looking for in a partner. I haven't seen that. And I would love to be able to have conversation outside of our field, for sure. Because then I'm like, yeah, I know more about that. You know, like, I would be like, oh, you that's what you think about apraxia? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine arguing with your partner over research and SLP? Right. Oh, right. that is... I think that, oh, I'm sad that I just brought this idea into the world because that will be my nightmare tonight <laughs> is like, is, is discussing like, uh, oh, vital sim and needle, neonates. And right. oh, oh, like the lights are turned down low. The candles are lit. You come in close and your partner says, how do you feel about non-speech oral motor exercises? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, blow. <laughs> Blow that cotton ball and other things. <laughs> okay. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you and good night. With that in mind, I'll reveal to you what the results of our survey were. So 74% said yes. Oh. And 26% said no. And I was shocked yeah i'm shook. i'm shook I, yeah I, I'm, that's a strong majority wow what are y'all thinking yeah look i, I don't I, know i am not here to throw shade <laughs> except i'm throwing shade but i'm gonna throw shade right now i don't think that's a good idea you think it's a good idea but i don't think it's a good idea i don't think you should do it if you're listening today don't do it <laughs> It's not for you. I will save you the pain and suffering. 
go find someone else, anyone, right. anyone who is not an SLP, please. Maybe they love themselves a lot. Oh. <laughs> they love speech language pathology so much that they will date only speech therapists. It's a thing. That's a king. That's yeah. it. So that was question number one. Shocker. So that's how we're starting. Question number two. Is it okay to date a coworker? Um, doesn't have to be an SLP. Let's start with Shane. What are your thoughts on dating in the work world? I think this goes back to my original statement of if somebody is working at the same place as me, hopefully not within the same office, that would be, again, a nightmare. But I want my personal life to be separate from my work environment. So that still leads to an environment of coming home and automatically talking about because you know that each of you have a high amount of information about this workplace. And so coming home and complaining about the workplace together and just feeding off of each other. So it's going to be also a no for me with one exception. And I say this as pure as possible, but if a rich doctor would like to date me, then let it be, <laughs> let it be known that here I am. Okay. So, right. Yes. So there, with an exception to that rule, I will absolutely date a doctor because they will not have time to be at home to talk about the workplace because they're going to be busy making me money. Right. And so, that's that. so that's like with the expectation that you would eventually not be working as a oh. kept fan. Uh, absolutely. I would love... <laughs> I would love to be um, a, a lovely house husband uh, who goes to Pilates uh, is, is my dream. Thank you. That's a wonderful dream. So I hope that for you, Shane, <laughs> for me personally, uh, no, uh, kind of similar to the dating and SLP. I just feel like it, I would have all this professional stuff coming home, but in a broader sense, I think that if other people want to date their coworkers, as long as it's not affecting their work, then go for it. Yeah, you know, you got to get your love where you can find your love. So, right. Have you ever? No. Even like a a fling slash date. Have you have you ever come across somebody at work and hit it off? No. I I guess I just I shut that part of me off. Like I'm not mm. looking. I'm not on the look. Um, on the look. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> I'm not looking. Um, Um. (laughs) I have known people who have had workplace flings and it, to me, it seems to always um, lead to regret. I learned from others. Yeah. I've never seen one end well that I can think of. Um, And then it's just awkward. Um, So for me, the answer, okay. So like, there's a difference between like reality and fantasy. So (laughs) thinking about, reality you saying that this is a, in a work fling is in your fantasy like is this oh for sure who i mean but like let's just be honest i work in early elementary that's not happening that's fair. So, yeah. yeah there's like no men because i identify as a gay male that would you know appeal to me there there's no men in early elementary because you know just because yeah. As as far as like a fantasy, then for sure, like, hey, coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
right? But like, who doesn't have that? Like, yeah. I mean, you have the fantasy, but of course, I it's, it's like, an illusion. It, it really it's is totally an illusion. So, of course, like, I, um, I would love to go to work one day and be like in the elevator with this this like <laughs> handsome doctor in our four floor hospital, and he pushes the emergency stop, and then all the fire alarms go off, and we make out in the elevator. But you know. I, you know what Grey's Anatomy has ruined? It has set up a lot for wow. me. Wow, you know what? I think Grey's Anatomy really messed me up. Because uh, A, hospitals do not work like that. Um, <laughs> a, B, I just don't understand how they consistently always find love in that one hospital. I, <laughs> I look, over and over. I just look forward to my breakfast taco and coffee every day. Like, it's the simple things. Yeah. So yeah, the results from the survey on our Instagram were uh, 57% said yes, and 43% said no. So a little bit more balanced, but I'm still surprised people, again, more were in the yes. So Yeah, well, you know, I think it's, it, the, I did not, again, did not expect this one because of I think that this would be more popular and more likely to say yes than the SLP one. In my head, like I think this is the 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 less extreme of the two, and I was expecting people to say like ninety percent, right? Huh? Like they'd open it up more versus yeah. Like, you can date. Um, there's a variety. Maybe our listeners are just more progressive than us. <laughs> and there you have it. That's it. The co-host of the queer SLP. But um, but. Okay, next question. Would you ever have an open relationship? Let's start with Natalie. Well, I've had an open relationship. So in the past. Yes. So um, <laughs> I had a follow-up question to that whenever anybody did say yes. Like, uh-huh. would you be open to explaining that to your coworkers? Would you be open about your open relationship in the work world? Well, can we first define, if you will indulge us, what your definition at that time with whomever, what was your definition of an open relationship? Because I think that that can drastically impact a lot of discussion. Okay. I don't know. This might actually fall under the under the category of polyamory, but honestly, I, I don't know enough about the topic to tell you. But basically, I was in a relationship with someone who just didn't was not a one woman kind of woman and she wanted to date other people and um have sex with other people and I wanted her to be happy and it didn't bother me so you know we had rules around it like I had a I had rules like you know you can't spend the night you can you know stay out late but you can't spend the night I have to meet her first things like that so that, I mean that might be poly it might be an open relationship but yeah, she just would go out on dates and she'd be like, I'm going out so-and-so and I say bye. And it was actually kind of nice because then I got a lot of alone time. <laughs> we were living together and um, while I love living with a partner, I just need my space sometimes. So yeah, it just kind of worked out in, in my favor in that way. So I guess, yeah, I would definitely have an open relationship as long as there were rules around it. And what about being open at work about the... Oh, open at work. I forgot about that question. I think it would definitely depend on the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, 
All right. Yeah. What about you, Shane? Yeah, I've also been in what I would classify as an open relationship. Mine is uh, slightly different. So this person that I dated previously just got out of a very long-term relationship. And I was also dealing with a peak of anxiety at the period of time, uh, specifically around sexual anxiety from a past partner. And when we got together and started dating and realized we liked each other, we were both like, I'm not really sure that I'm ready for, I have some self-growth to do. And we somehow came to the conclusion that we can make this growth together. And we deemed our relationship an open relationship with our own rules and regulations. So it may, in the beginning, and throughout the relationship, it was something more sexual than anything else. Uh, our rules were generally, okay, no dates with other people, no dinners with other people, no meeting them for drinks. It is a purely sexual thing only. End of discussion. If I am not in the mood for sex or something along those lines, and my partner wanted to go find someone else, that's great. As long as there wasn't any real attachment or emotional exchange past that situation, no dates, no no conversations, then it was something that actually helped me get over some trauma from my past. Now, that may not have been the best way to do it, but it did help me learn a lot about myself. Now, as for the workplace part of the question, to me, it nullifies it kind of because it's it, it's more of just a sexual part of my relationship. So if someone were to ask, and I w- was comfortable enough with them to share that, sure, absolutely. Um, with my friends, absolutely. I want to still, of course, separate my work life from my personal life to an extreme. And I am open at work for a lot of things, but that wouldn't be something that I felt pertinent to to share. All righty. I like that. For me, so... Never have been part of one. I can say the me now is a no, but that doesn't have to do with like that I feel it wouldn't work. It's, I think that's definitely has to do with like my childhood and upbringing coming from like a family that, you know, divorced parents, you know, infidelity, all of those things. There's that part of me that's like wants to believe so hard that, you know, a monogamous relationship uh, will work. And so, that unpacking still needs to happen in my life. I'm like very much like happy and supportive of those who decide that that's what works for them. But like for me right now in my life, that's it's not a thing. That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's such a good point to hear kind of three different views and descriptions, like just from us three. It shows how diverse we are as people, how sometimes we don't think of dating and relationships as really customizable. It's not something that we can change around. And for me, it's super important in my dating life that I check in with how customizable I can make this so that it fits both of our needs, clearly including mine. And I think that's something that I've learned in the past few recent years. I had a different viewpoint three or four years ago. And I, of course, this makes me happy because I, I feel like it's it's growth on my end for myself. But I think it's just nice to to think about, oh, I can make something that is mine and it doesn't fit the mold of the rest of the world. I don't have to have a monogamous relationship 
to be happy and it shouldn't be forced upon me because it's tradition. I can do something that really makes my partner and I happy and makes a relationship work where we may have problems. Maybe this is a solution to some of those problems. And it really is to each their own. And I think we forget that as people. And as queer people, we sometimes judge people for those things and say, well, they're just a slut. They, they, they want to sleep around or they just don't want the rules and the hard work of a, of a relationship. And that's, not, and that's not it at all. It's something that I feel like we can change the view of, too, and just the, the talks we have with our colleagues and our friends. I agree. I think it's like a live and let live kind of thing. Like, because I know if, if somebody were, I was trying to date said, you know, I want to consider an open, I'd be like, oh, well, probably not for me. But, um, you know, like, best of luck <laughs> moving forward, you know, with all my therapy and all my time in it. Um, and, and self-love and all that stuff. I'm kind of like, it's easier for me now in my life to be like, mm, that's not for me, you know, and, and, you know, like best of luck moving forward. I think on one end, there's like a great way to like set up boundaries. But on the other end, it's just like transparency. Like, what are we both looking for? Does it match? If it doesn't, oh, you know, timing is everything, you know? And so kind of just being, I think, l- reserving judgment but like just being honest with where you're at is a huge thing. And that's why like, I think the LGBTQ community is so much more open with it than others, I guess. Cause I don't hear about that conversation with our straight peers as much. Do you guys ever hear that? Well, I honestly don't talk about sex with straight people very often. I think as a queer person, you're, you know, you're always thinking about coming out and communicating whether you're out or not. And um, it makes me wonder if like, because you have to communicate those things to people so often that when you're in your own relationships, communicating things becomes um, easier, maybe. And just being like, hey, I have these needs and I dig you, but, you know, this, these needs aren't being met. And, you know, can we talk about that? I wonder if, if it, it becomes easier in that regard. And I think that what you said earlier, where you were like, I don't talk to straight people about sex. And that's such an interesting point, because I feel the same. Because someone who doesn't understand the foundations and fundamental of my sex life, um, how it how it works. Um, It's not my job to educate them how gay sex works. And I, I just, maybe it's something that I can get better at. But when I talk to straight people about sex, it's usually very surface layer. Um, There's nothing more than that because I just feel they don't know the fundamentals of it. And I don't want to talk about it with them. (laughs) Like like who's the, who's the woman in the relationship? Well, I, I, you know, and I get, who's the man? (laughs) And now you're like, it's me. (laughs) I am the opposite. I am that person. That's like, what do you want to know? Um, and then I explain all the intricacies, like intricacies, right? You get it, you detail, and then <laughs> the gory details. But um, but yeah, I'm that. Can we have a quick disclosure of gay sex is not easy? Uh, no, ma'am. Gay sex is not easy. It is not. No, it is not for the faithful. It is not. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't know from the male perspective. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm very much that person. I think 
Uh, one thing to add to Natalie, what you said about like communication, like it's a similar thing. I just had this conversation with some straight colleagues um, about like your status, right? Like I'm very open with like, this is when I was last tested. I'm on prep. Like I was making the joke that my next thing that I'm going to add is like my vaccination card. That's you right. Like, I'm also vaccinated. All right. We're going to open up Grinder, and it's going to say Hector, it's on prep and fully vaccinated. Right. Ready to host or travel. But I'm so open about that. And a, a lot of our, my, I don't know any straight person that's as open about their status or gets t- tested as frequently as like the gay community does. Yeah. Well, it's just to me, every time I start a new relationship, like that's when you get tested before you get too far with someone. That's just me. Yeah. But do, do straight people not do that? They They're don't. like, oh, they hey, I dig you. Only if there's pregnancy <laughs> or um, I had one guy tell me only if his girlfriend makes him like a new girlfriend. Makes him. What? What? I am. I am. Uh, again, for the fifth time this episode already, very yeah. shook by this. Yeah, I really all the time. I get I get tested every three months. Yeah, same period. I get tested with every new sex partner. Like that's how. Like <laughs> well, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder, <laughs> exactly. I have another wonder. Yes. I I wonder how much the HIV AIDS crisis had to do with this within the queer community oh right here like that you just you need to get tested regularly yes so that you don't pass something on to a partner it's respectful yeah it was like a double-edged sword right so i got so hyper aware of it but i also like the stigma also developed along with it so like the more you knew about your status the more you were aware that you didn't want to be associated with others that had a positive status and so it was a double-edged sword, but that's because there was a lot of um, a negative narratives, you know, about it or a lack of narrative, you know, according to some people. So it's it's hard. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And I think that, or have either one of you had this situation before? Have you or a partner or a hookup had an STI before and you had to tell them or them have to tell you? Yes, multiple times. No. <laughs> I, th- I think that goes with what Natalie said, though, of, hey, this is part of the gig. You have to be a decent person at the end of the day. And if you know something that someone you slept with or is with doesn't know, and uh, specifically some type of infection, uh, it is your duty as a basic human being to share that that's part of your your status also with someone else. Right. I couldn't imagine if I ever had an STI and I hooked up with someone and I would just be like, Oh, you know what? They'll find out. Oh, <laughs> see, that's exactly like, that's the messed up thing is I've been treated better by hookups who informed me that they were positive for something than like, for example, my first boyfriend, I found out that he was cheating on me because I ended up getting an STI. Yikes. That's oh. So they were yeah. very like, I'm not going to disclose that. And I'm like, well, what is this? You know, <laughs> like, so there's no hiding that that was happening. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much uh, a very interesting thing, but yeah, we don't have the stigma of STIs and, you know, like disclosure is there and, you know, like I, 
I think for me, once I got my first one, <laughs> um, it was just like, okay, let's go back. Let's, you know, where's my Z pack? Uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. So with that in mind, let's go back to the survey results. So 31% said yes. And 69% said no. Surprising or not? Well, based on their prior responses, I am kind of surprised. <laughs> I thought our listeners were just more woke than us. Yeah, they're more progressive than us. But <laughs> we're just freewheeling over here. There were some people who did um, message me separately um, in the DMs talking about how they would disclose to um, if they were comfortable in the work situation. So it really was case by case. But yeah. Getting more information about it and talking about it is, I think, the key to getting rid of those heteronormative standards, I guess, of, for dating. So that's, that's a tricky situation, like talking about it is how they'll learn. But at the same time, you know, everyone is, it's up to their own disclosure if they want to do that or not. Okay, next question. Would you ever date somebody who isn't out? And if so, if you would date somebody who was out, how out, quote, would they have to be? Dun, dun, dun. Natalie, your turn. <laughs> I do not think I would date someone who was not out. I think that would be... The fan. Shane has his fan out. Oh, I don't have one. I have my fan too. My roommate. Because we're what? hot after dark is hot. And this is hot. God, this that is, we're talking about today is... But the tea is hot today. Tell us more. Why? I I feel like that would just that would be a lot of problems. Um, the people that I've known that have dated people in the closet have been very miserable, and inevitably, the relationship ends because that other person's not out. And amen. Um. So again, I, maybe it's because I'm a middle child and I saw my brother and sister getting in trouble all the time when I was a kid. But like, if I see someone else doing something and I'm like, gosh, I would hate that, then I just don't do it. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, that person would have to be incredibly special to me mm-hmm. for me to tolerate that. I suppose if they were not out at work, but out in the rest of their lives, I might be okay with that. But if they're not out to their family, I'm, I don't think I'm interested. Yeah. I have, I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular opinion or not. Uh, first, let me say my, my answer is absolutely, uh, if, if everybody is listening, absolutely no. Um, but I, I feel that coming out is a rite of passage to a sense. And it's something when we go into a relationship that we know both of us have hopefully gone through at a certain extent. I think that there's a lot of community and camaraderie and there's a lot of understanding about what that means. And for every one of us, it's different. And I think that that that's an important aspect. That being said, as I've gotten older, I know that that is a question that I need to ask much sooner than I traditionally have before. I've been on first, second, third dates before where it eventually came up and the guy was like, oh, I'm not out to my friends. I'm not out to my family. And to me, all I can think about, boy, like how embarrassing like would it be to be somewhere and someone have to lie to someone else about who I am and what a disservice that would be to me. I've seen that movie. 
<laughs> you know, like that's what I'm, that is. <laughs> it's a feature film, and I'm starring in it all the time, apparently. But like, uh, it 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 happens, and I I feel I'm very supportive of this is where you're at in your journey, and I'm at a different place, and you have to go through your journey, and maybe you'll find someone else who's different who might be more accepting, but not for me. I need you to be on my level is what I need. Right. Um, and so I don't think that I could do it. Well, I, I know I couldn't do it. Um, even if someone said specifically, oh, I plan on coming out to my parents in like a month. Like it's, it's not our time. Maybe our paths will cross later and maybe in a year or two years or something like it'll rekindle. But at that point in time, no, that's not that's not something that I want to put myself through, not to be selfish or egocentric about it, but that's not something that I want to deal with now at 30. Yeah. So for me, it's definitely a hard no again. Um, more hardness. More hardness. Because I've done it twice before. I've done it twice before. And somebody told me, and I hated this quote, but it like made me cry because they were like, you're the guy everyone needs to date later in life when they're ready. Oh. And I was like, that is so sad. What? Because oh. they described me as a launching pad. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense given my history. So every single guy that I dated that wasn't out when I made that um, exception, the very, they break up with me and then they immediately not immediately, but the next person they with, they had already come out and then they're ready to date. And then I get a message saying, thanks for, you know, being who you are. You helped me feel more confident. And I was like, uh, oh, I no. I've seen this blockbuster hit before too. This yes. Is- and this happened to me twice. There was a sequel. <laughs> there was a sequel. And so I was like, this sucks. Like one, like, Thanks for like acknowledging my worth, but you know, after the fact, you know, like it's like I'm so glad my heartbreak was, you know, beneficial for your growth as a person. And as much as like I'm, I don't hate them now, don't get me wrong, but (laughs) young in my 20s, I was not okay um, because of that. And so, so yeah, when I was in my 20s, I was definitely more willing to date people that weren't out completely. But for sure in my 30s, it's a no. Like, I've been there, done that. And I'm still working on my stuff, you know, like unpacking all of my internalized homophobia. Like, if you're not even close to that, like, I'm going to bleed all over you, you know? (laughs) Like, you're going to get all my shrapnel um, from how I'm struggling. So um, I won't have the patience for it, to be honest. Like, hurry up. You know, um, so, and I don't want to be another launching pad for somebody. You want to be the landing pad. Right. I want to be the landing. Land right here. Land here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, where I'm at with that. But I would date somebody who wasn't out at work. That's, especially if they had a good job. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I feel, I don't feel the same. Is that? I don't feel the same. <laughs> What what if that what if that fancy do- doctor who's yeah. gonna make you a kept man Why, what is, Ooh, okay. is in the closet at There's work? There's so many possibilities. I think first of all, I, I don't think that I, I I don't think that I could do that. I don't think that I could work 
oh, okay. I, I think I'm going a little too deep into it. I was about to say, I don't think I could work at the same place as my boyfriend and him not be out at work. If he is not out at his separate workplace, then yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's, fu- that's fine. But I would still like side eye it. Like I, I would just like, while he's sleeping, like stare at him very evilly for like three minutes a night before bed about it. But, but sure. I would make sure that he wasn't presenting as straight. Okay, good. Like, yeah. I basically don't have any genitalia, yes. is what you're telling me, you know, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're like, you know, like, I don't want somebody who is not out at work, who is, you know, still flirting with the opposite sex, and, you know, people are thinking that he's a, you know, shoot your shot, you know, like, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but okay so let's see what the results were i wonder if you'll be surprised by this but 64 percent said yes and 36 percent said no really mm-hmm. okay okay world we see you they were very much like um it was very specific on for each individual who said yes and it was more about like well these are the specifics that they would need to be out which kind of like it's still a no in some way. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it's a it's a no with exceptions, but it's, I, a, it's a no though. It really is a no. I think if you're having to draw so many boundaries, then maybe it isn't a no. I don't know. Right. I am right. Um, there was even somebody who was was who isn't out that still said that they wouldn't date somebody who was out to themselves. You know, so I'm like, yeah, two negatives. I mean, how how would you go out in the world if you weren't right. out and your partner wasn't out? Right. Like, would you get theater seats like from opposite ends of the theater, so you'd be right. like seeing a show together but not Could, together? Are you just trapped in your house? Right. Forever, <laughs> like little Edie and Big Edie or uh, Grey Gardens. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you know, <laughs> shout out to this person, but um, I know that they were saying like it. It is a little confusing, and I'm like, no, I get that. Like. Again, we we can't help how we feel. Yeah, um, right. So, you know, it is what it is. There's no judgment. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that that sounds so hard. Yeah. To like to not be out. Yeah. Uh, like w- as soon as I realized I was gay, I was like yelling it from the rooftops. Like, I'm a lesbian. I like women. You know. Um, it, it sounds so difficult to to hide that part of yourself. I can't even imagine. I hate it for. And by hide, I mean terribly. (laughs) (laughs) I knew when I was in fourth grade, I was like, yep, this is it. And then I waited until I was 17. But after that, I was like, (laughs) I've been out for, which all of us pretty much have been out for over a decade. And it's, it's just, what have I learned about myself in the decade that I've been out has been so so much and i think if of course if i didn't come out until later on in life i could not imagine like having to make that like it blows my mind i i can't even think of like what it would be like to have to come out not when i did it's it would be something so strange for me to think about well what if i didn't come out till i was 25 or or something and and how traumatizing that would be for me it's hard that that's so difficult it's such a hard thing. Yeah. My fiance came out at 37. She was married to a man for 12 years. 
and uh, changed her. Yeah, and they're still good friends and everything. And then you, you walked in it in your chacos, and you were like, "Come here, baby." I would love to hear, like, so we know that our community is very diverse. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, just hearing all of our answers, I know for a fact that someone's just going to be offended by that, right? Like you're, uh, you know, excluding people who aren't out. You shouldn't be, you know, um, and I'm aware of that. Don't get me wrong. And there's, you know, but I would love to hear from somebody then like from the opposite, like, what is dating like for you then? (laughs) You know, like, are you actively dating? Are you, you know, and how do you navigate that? What do you feel is like reasonable uh, to expect? Well, and I wonder what a non-Audi person thinks of an Audi person. Yeah. Right. You know, like if you're at work and you're in the closet, but one of your colleagues is out, like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Right. You're like, oh, they're the fam, but I can't tell them I'm in the fam. I have an association or like a stereotype when I, I feel that at times, if not most of the time, in instances for me, people who are not out, it is such a toxic masculinity situation. It's yeah. very much I'm looking for someone who is masculine. What does that what does that mean? I I still don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would just tell me, but uh, it to me that it's not always it's not the rule, but it it happens enough. And it's something that I I absolutely despise now. But I feel like that that's a behavior that sometimes goes together in that part of their life where they're coming out wherever they are. I think it's an association of, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be with another man. And it's going to be, we're going to be wearing like camouflage and boots. Because I like that. Yeah, because it's going to validate. And uh, I don't even like camouflage, but I want somebody who wears it. And right. again, going back to things that aren't good for me, and that's not good for me. Right. That type of thing is not good for me. So when I have anyone, if I'm on like Grinder or something, and someone's like, are you masked? And I, 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 at that point, it's an automatic no for me. Right. right. And, and for people who may not know, mask means basically highly masculine. Is that correct? Stereotypically so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming the same for fat. Yes. For me, there was, again, even in all the years that I've been out, there's a lot of that internalized homophobia that I had to unpack because of, you know, my upbringing as a Catholic and in a farm town. Um, But again, the more I learned, um, especially with like, um, I don't know if you all know about Alok and their book about beyond the gender binary, um, just more research has helped me to realize that like these norms are not <laughs> norms they are meant not to my norms and they're meant to suppress historically right especially like women um cis women um so or anything that identifies with that um so yeah it's one of those things um let's so th- those are all of my questions that i was able to get answers from but um because i did ask like for people to share their good their best and worst dating stories and nobody answered <gasps> nobody wants to tell i have a lot to tell so i can tell one but do you all have one to tell? yeah i just think the viewers the listeners are shocking me tonight like i i anticipated some great stories mm-hmm. 
I can like there's so there's like gay stories and then there's like ones related to my profession. And so I, I'm going to give the one for my profession. And this is something that has come up multiple times, actually every time I go out on a date with another guy. So, you know, you always ask, you know, what you do for a living. And as soon as I tell them, you know, I'm a speech therapist, and I go a little bit more in depth about like working with kids and individuals with disabilities, I immediately get the like, oh, that, you know, that's so great. You must be such a good person. You know, like your job is so meaningful compared to mine. And I'm like, I'm still paying off all my student loans and I can't afford to live by myself, but go off, you know? And then, so there's automatically like this, like moral soapbox that they put me on this pedestal where I'm like, homie i'm just trying to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know>? absolutely <laughs> i always say ludicrous had the perfect quote you know lady in the streets but a freak in the sheets i like to think of myself as that <laughs> as a professional slp but in my private life like i know what i'm doing and what i'm looking for so it's been a um it's been a dating issue telling people what i do yeah i I I want to you know what I'm going to go off of this cuz this has sparked an idea in my head but I also have that similar thing working in the NICU and oh, everybody's yes. like wow that's so fulfilling and I'm like yeah 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 it is but I get paid like I am not volunteering my free time for this and like I get paid and once I'm out of work I'm out of work like the job is done the job is done <laughs> and and so it's yeah it's the same of like wow your job is so meaningful and whatnot and it's like I'm just here. Like I work a job because I have to live and this is just the job that I prefer. Right. Then when I, cause being a neonatal therapist is, boy, is it hard to explain to people? It is very difficult. So I usually go the more simple route of being like, yeah, I'm a feeding and swallowing specialist in the, the neonatal intensive care unit. And boy, if I have to hear just one, <laughs> one more time, Oh, so swallowing. Uh, so are you really good at swallowing? Oh, no. And I'm just like, guys, look, I'm not expecting a comedic genius here, but like, we got to come up with some better material. I've heard that on every date that I've been on. Like, I need something new, please. Yeah. And, and, and so now I just preface with, oh, yeah, I'm a feeding and swallowing expert. Like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then we move on. <laughs> and that's that. Right. <laughs> and you're like, I don't. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like ooh so like you're really good so i'm like no absolutely not actually no. all the time thanks <laughs> oh my god and i'm just like come I on experience a lot of penetration yes but if you're looking for I, I am so that's gonna be my new pickup line hey are you looking to be penetrated well, maybe it doesn't work at the same thing um what about you now you know i have never had any weird comments about my job on a date oh, lucky <laughs> like, oh no fair they're just like so tell me tell me more about that i i guess i do get the you know oh wow that's that's really that's really cool and you must feel really fulfilled but I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more common for a, for a woman to to be like, I'm so fulfilled. You're a nurturer. Yeah. I'm doing. Um. Yeah. I have nothing fun to say about that. I was just. I had to wonder as well because a lot of the times 
the comment is because I'm not in the private sector, that I'm not part of the corporate world. And it's a very clear like line of, and maybe I'm just dating all the wrong people, but you know, like we're in, I'm in Seattle, like tech, Amazon, it's here. I wonder about that. Like they almost are putting this gendered idea about me in their head about like, Oh yeah. Oh wow. A man who has a helping job. Right. How refreshing. Right. 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 He, he must be very femme. Right. Right. And you know, all of these assumptions, but, but yeah, so that's my dating story. And it sounds like as gay SLP, Shane and I have similar experiences. Yeah. And it's funny because if there's one thing I am not, it is nurturing. Like, again, like <laughs> I go to work and I do my job well. And yes, like I, in all intents and purpose here, guys, like I, I nurture the hell out of those babies. But guess who is not? In, I am not a nurturer in real life. I am nothing like my my like work that I do personality. I'm a terrible person. So, so just like automatically separate those two out of your day. And maybe that's what it is. is. Since I do so much good work during the day, I'm just like terrible every other time. So, hmm. well, and I, you know, and I think that goes against goes against the culture of SLPs. It's like we sort of had this reputation of being very nurturing and very dedicated to our job. And it's a very big part of our identity. And I admit, mm-hmm. yeah, I admit that was me for 15 years. And, and then I hit burnout. Fun. But I think that, you know, there's that culture in, in SLP land, you know, that we're so nurturing all the time and even in our personal life. And I don't know, I, I appreciate that you can leave that behind and, you know, be more than your job. I I love that statement, Natalie, because again, the conversation like this could, this could be like such a frivolous episode, but I think what we're unpacking here is the idea that you know we're SLPs or you know PTs, whatever field you're listening from, but that's just our job. You know, it doesn't encompass our whole entire beings. Like we're very sex positive. There's more to us than just our job and the traits that we exhibit when working with our clients. That's just the reality. Bringing things full circle, Hector. I feel like we need a reading rainbow, uh, the more you know. Yeah. Um, so that's it for my questions. Shane, do you have anything specific that you're ready to add now? Yeah, so to close out the show today, I thought we would go through a controversial slash uh, just like fun Tooted and Booted. And so if you do not know, so uh, Tooted and Booted essentially means toot would be like a thumbs up and boot would be a thumbs down. Some of these questions aren't meant to be a general view. It's meant to be just for you. Uh, and so I'm interested to see what some of y'all see for this. Uh, I also wrote these last night after I finished an entire bottle of wine. So <laughs> some of these, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll, 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 Kick some of them around, okay? Okay. I'm getting nervous, but I'm also excited because I really want to hear what Natalie has to say. <laughs> that, the, the point of this is so I can... Okay, are y'all ready? So to, this one, so toot it or boot it, okay? Chacos or Tevas? Um, so sandals, toot it or boot it? I'm like, what's a Chaco? Is that like something chocolate? 
I was a young woman in the 90s. Come on. Oh, true, true, true. <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm so sorry. I'm a, I'm a Chaco's boy. Antiva, I'm a sandals boy. And if you can't support these sandals, then you don't have a place in my heart. Okay. Well, I'm going to say toot it. Okay. I love I sandals. Will it, but I will, not, I will boot it if you're wearing socks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next, dating apps. So uh, meeting people on dating apps. It's 2021. And these are general dating apps. Okay. So Tinder, Bumble. What do you think about those? Boot it. Toot it because that's the only way I'm meeting people. <laughs> <laughs> Take those away and I don't meet anyone. Well, I don't. Okay. So let's just I'll expand upon that a little bit here. I'm sure everybody who is within our community and is dating, I know this perfect person for you. You would be great. I keep getting that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you're both gay. You know, like, I'm like, um, it's a little bit more yeah. nuanced than that, but okay. Um, so I haven't had success with, like, people introducing me through a friend of a friend. <laughs> well, I, I'm i going to boot it, Hector. Boot it, Natalie. Um, <laughs> so if you, were, so... like, you were already, we know a little bit of your dating history, but, like, uh-huh. would, would baby Natalie toot it? Yes, baby Natalie okay. would toot it. Baby Natalie was doing a lot of online dating back in the day what was the first um, your first platform I, of online dating oh i want to know <laughs> natalie first i'm trying to think uh craigslist same same yeah same. <laughs> <laughs> i love it so oh, trashy but... i love it <laughs> um yeah i i've met people online and sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. But I think my experience with meeting Andrea IRL has made me change my ideas on that. I feel like meeting someone in person sort of naturally, I think it went better than yeah. the, you know, the awkward emailing back and forth and texting and then meeting and realizing, oh, you know, this person isn't who I built up in my mind to be oh absolutely Um, yes so you know i'm getting married to andrea this summer and i hope that um it sticks and that i never ever have to worry about dating again (laughs) but um (laughs) if i did for some reason have to worry about dating again i would just put myself into situations where i would meet other queer women and you know hope for the best i love that okay next toot it or boot it um more specifically one night it stands. What about like a good old fashioned one night stand? A toot it or a boot it? Toot it because one, I do those every now and then. But just a little like with COVID, I have been celibate for a year. <laughs> so it doesn't happen often. But if I had the opportunity, I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, it's a toot for me. I've never had a one night stand, but I would totally toot it. Interesting. Because, just, Very interesting because i'm curious about what yeah. you know about what no strings would would feel like yeah so on on, on that note what about a tooted or booted for grinder and i wrote open parentheses lesbian version that i don't know close parentheses <laughs> i don't know either i'm a horrible lesbian shane I'm is busy. a terrible lesbian so is natalie <laughs> 
I'm a terrible lesbian. <laughs> We're just all really bad lesbians over here. Um, oh, let's let's just invent one right now. It's gonna it's gonna be called uh Ooh. meow. Mm-hmm. And, I'm into that. And it's the same as Grinder, except that it's yes, oh. meow. So what's the two to boot for that? It's like a begrudgingly two. Like, I do this very, very common thing that a lot of gay men do where you, like, download it, quickly get reminded that it's trash, delete it, and then when you need validation, you download it again. Like, I do that. (laughs) But I haven't uh, done it in a couple months, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I'm going to boot it. Okay. I I think I'm becoming more and more anti-anything, like, app-wise or social media I have a hard time yeah. even getting on social media sometimes. Oh, I love it. So it's like if you serendipitously met somebody for a one night stand, yeah. you're down. Yeah. Hypothetically. But if you have to look for it. Right. I'm no. not going to go searching for it. Okay. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Shane? Um, it, it's a, it's a, again, it's a toot for me. It has a purpose in my life. And you know what? That's that. I'll toot it, baby. Um, I just want to go back to a little bit the, the last question. My first um, <laughs> app. Oh, I, found I, forgot, I cut you off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my first boyfriend, MySpace. Um, <laughs> the first specific platform I was on was gay.com. Um, OG here, if you really know about uh, that. If you know, you know. And this is like dial-up days, y'all. Yeah. Um, and then as far as other platforms, I did meet a boyfriend on Yahoo chat. Mm. So- <laughs> tell me, this was from a chat room, right? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, that's that's where it was. ASL, remember? Oh, what what a time to be alive. I think there used to be a lesbian um, dating site called Plenty of Fish. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm no. so I don't know if it still exists. I'm pretty sure I did have an account on there, but <laughs> oh, my shame is I was on an account called Real Jock. How <laughs> hypermasculine is that? Like, I did not unpack anything at that point, but I was on Real Jock. Like, it's awful. Um, oh no! <laughs> <a secret> shame. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh my god. Um, okay, so do you have any more tutor or boot Let's move on. You, are you, saying, you don't want to stay at Real Jock for a little bit longer. <laughs> I mean you can unpack it now. I think I, I think you have something you need to unpack. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. I really packing. I am unpacking all of that. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. Lingerie slash I didn't know a better word for it. <laughs> so we're just gonna still say Lingerie and subgroups of lingerie. Costumes, perhaps? Yeah, also including costumes. Uh, So, so, um, uh, uh, a look. Like, what about a sex look? A sexy look, whatever sexy means to you. A tooted or a booted, or are you just like, let's get naked, and like, I don't have time to take this off of you. I toot it for myself. Mm, I love that. Many women I've been with have said, I don't really need that kind of thing. I think you're sexy just naked. Um, but I feel sexy in outfits. I love so it. I, it's for you. 
It's more for me and how it makes me feel to wear it. Good, yeah. yes. Hector? Uh, I toot it. Um, I own multiple jock straps. I own, <laughs> I own a few costumes, even. Um, like a bunny. Oh, <laughs> wow. A, a sexy bunny? Oh, I what love color that. Bunny? Yeah, what color? You know, you know how I got it? It was because freaking ads on Instagram, right? You know how they like just cater to you for some reason. Uh, they, they, um, they get it. Like, it's like a bunny costume with like it, it's like a onesie bunny and it like has the back flap. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, then, um, and then, you know, a few things like a leash, you know, fun stuff like that. Um, I'm very like, I'll wear it. I don't care. Like, you know, like we're gonna take it off. So um, okay. I don't have any. Yeah. And it, there's nothing that I wouldn't wear. But fair. It, it's a yeah. so overall. It's it's a toot, right? Thank you. Yeah, it's a toot for me. Right. I don't really have anything in particular, like for me. But if the other person enjoys it, then like cute. Like I enjoy like seeing other people in like jock straps or harnesses. Like I like that. To add a a, a, a a splash of spice to this, I have hooked up with somebody in full drag before <laughs> on Halloween. Uh, Wait, you were in drag or they were in drag? I was in drag as the evil queen from Snow White. My friends and I all went as villainesses for Halloween one year. And I happened to find someone <laughs> who thought that. Beyond all my eyebrows glued down, makeup in full, in full, in, hey, in full face, baby. Huh? Was this old old lady queen, like with the black robe? And here's that, the apple. Yes, I. Let me. I'm gonna answer the question for you. It was not great drag. That whatever <laughs> question you have, it was not great drag. It was not beautiful drag. It was not glamour. Mm. But let me tell you. Worked. It worked. You know what? Mm-hmm. It worked once. Will it work again? I hope not to find out. <laughs> but, it has, but it has worked before. So if you're listening out there now, like, thank you. Like, c- congratulations. I'm sure that's a great story for you to tell too. For validating. I know. <laughs> I had beautiful uh, press on red nails. Uh, it was. It was. It was a moment. It was a mm-hmm. moment. I, I'm I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I've never dressed in drag. Oh, it's very fun. Love it. I like I like the costume aspect of it. I do too. Yeah, I should try it. I'm, you know, because I'm so femmy. I think that it would be fun to. Oh, I want to see you butch out. Yes. <laughs> if only we didn't live in three different states and three different time zones. <laughs> We could possibly f- figure out something to do, but yeah, we'll meet up at an, at an Asha someday right. and right. have an outing. Yes, I'm down. So I have and my my last transition, which is not really a, a tutor boot. I just thought this would be a fun way to to drive it home. Uh, the the tutor boot series is. Okay. I don't know. First, if you do have a sex playlist, or if you even like playing music while hooking up or during sex, but I want to know, what are you listening to? Natalie, do you, are you a music listener? Or are you like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to listen to music. What you got? Music gets me going. I'm a musician. And usually I don't have a specific 
um playlist or anything but i'm not a barry white kind of gal um you know hey baby like no Uh, i think i like wordless no lyrics just sort of mood music like electronic sort of just mellow music gets me in the mood so i just i have a lot of on my itunes i have a lot of like chill music kind of vibe music um i have two specific songs <laughs> i'm so ready i'm so ready for this usually play um if i want to feel a little sexy um in the, in the 90s r&b baby that i am the first one is tlc's red light special oh that's on my <laughs> list too oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is no weird, but like, not even weird, but it's just what I do. Like, when she's like, I'm a woman, a real woman. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I, I feel my energy is increasing. Um, and then my other one is a song by Janet Jackson called Anytime, Anyplace. Oh. Um, and that is a very, very sexual song. Um, even the music video, I remember as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, but that was very Janet Jackson. Like, she was sex. Um, and so those are my two main songs. What about you, Shane? Ooh, okay. So, oh, boy. The, so <laughs> I wrote down a good four or five. So I have to start off the playlist. I, I usually start because I feel like it's a good flow. It is Poured Up by Rihanna. If you've never seen that music video, it is Chef's Kiss. Beautiful video. Makes me feel so sexy. Um, so I like to start there. Then I like a little transition, and I'm going to be the very stereotypical gay music that I am, and it's uh, Kim Petras. So I have a little bit of Kim Petras. Um, oh my God, I love her. So Do Me by Kim Petras is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Make Me Feel by Janelle Monet, And uh, of course, My Hair by Ariana Grande, which is a great song. And then my closer out, the one that I completely vibe to, it's like the end of the playlist is Fire For You by The Cannons. And that's, it's a a beautiful flow of of music and a variety. And a time. (laughs) Just the right amount of time. Just the right amount of time. Time's up. And and then it's like, okay, and... I'll see you never again. Goodbye. It's seen. Um, I have one follow-up question to that. So Ooh. we're talking about music. Theoretically, what is playing on your Netflix and chill night? What is playing in the background? Easy. Hmm. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, this is going to sound terrible, and this is going to go. This is going to track for me. If if for some reason it is just terrible, at least I have comfort. It's at least I could be distracted by. Like, at least I enjoy Bob's Burgers. That's right. right. What, what what do y'all have on Netflix and chill? Uh, well, I would I wouldn't want it to be something I'd never watched before, right? Because because then I stand, you know. There. I, yeah, I would get distracted. Um, I mean, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> I, was thinking, I, I was thinking, like, it can't be my favorite TV show either, because then every time I watch it, 
if I watched a specific episode and it had a bad Netflix and chill, I wouldn't want it to associate it with mm-hmm. that. Right. So it can't be Gilmore Girls because that would make me really sad right. if, if it turned out badly. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, yeah. Homoerotic energy that you need to. Like, disarmed. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, Willow was a big old lesbian on that show. <gasps> yes, Willow and Tara. Um, yeah, true. Um, I have, I'm just thinking about previous experiences, actually. Um, so, Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just kept happening. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. As in, it happened mo- like multiple times. Yeah, so the code ended up being like, "Hey, want to watch Home Alone too?" <laughs> How? Where do you find? Where do you find the moment in time during Home Alone two to be like, okay, yeah, should we like start making right. out now? Like Kevin like- McAllister, hey, you want to you want to make out now? Like. Like what? When do you work the time? It's when the, the trap music starts. One, and then the other one that I was like, "This is a low key disturbing." Oh God! Uh, we were watching Verge. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has turned a not. So, this took a not so great turn. Uh, I don't think you should have asked this last question. <laughs> We're back to the darkness. I'm open to all opportunities. Home Alone or The Purge. You know, anywhere in between. I know. <laughs> I, I now know too much about you. Like, that's it. I know. I, I would like to pull it back a little bit because I now know too much. <laughs> um, I can never watch Home Alone again because every time I'm going to watch it, I'm like, oh, is Hector watching it somewhere right, right now trying to make out with the boy while Kevin is going through distress? It's a great, <laughs> great movie. Uh, <laughs> great movie. Beautiful. Yeah. Alrighty, so I'm looking at our time and we are there. <laughs> we have finished. The jokes are not, but we have. <laughs> so today we talked a little bit about, you know, the experience of dating as a LGBTQ plus professional. We want to acknowledge that, you know, this is just our experiences with dating. And we we understand that there are a many different ways to to love and to connect with other people. So we're not, you know, not intentionally trying to exclude anybody from this discussion, but we didn't feel it was appropriate for us to speak about an experience that we have not had. So just a little note there. On an ending note, do you guys have any dating advice, maybe something that you've learned or maybe like, is there anything in life that you feel you could maybe pass on to someone else? What's your what's your your dating advice? Your quick and dirty dating advice. Communicate with your partner. Do not hide big issues from them or even small issues that could become big disasters. Yeah. Communication is key. It it may seem very basic, but it is true. Wasn't that Asha's stance one year? Communication is key. So <laughs> you've heard it here first. Therapy. Mine would be not everyone is for you, and that's okay. And that has absolutely nothing to do with you or your self-worth. When I was younger, I just every rejection, every misconnection, I just took it so personally. 
you know, especially as a, as a gay man, you know, I thought no one's going to love me, but every connection isn't for you. So, and it's supposed to teach you something, you know, you've learned from that. So that's what I would say is my dating advice for any young or not young <laughs> LGBTQ person. Uh, Shane, you, what is your dating advice? My dating advice is to every person who comes into your life is special in their own way, whether it's for one date, one day, one hour, six years of a relationship, 20 years of a relationship, grow, learn something from that relationship, know when it's time to move on. And it's okay to move on. And it's okay to stay with someone for forever. It's okay to stay with someone for a month. It's okay to stay with someone for six years. We are hopefully always growing and changing. And sometimes we may not grow with people that we previously did. And that's okay. It's okay to fall in love multiple times in your life. That's my my advice is there is no the one. Maybe there is for you, but it's okay for there not to be the one. There right. could be multiple the ones. It's all about that timing. We're all so wise. <laughs> wise, jaded. It's a fine line. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. So that note, um, thanks for listening to the Queer SLP. Catch us next episode for Shane's proud professional episode where we get to learn more a little bit about him and his experience as a gay SLP. Hi. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Queer SLP. Want to be featured on our Instagram page or be on the show? Check us out at thequeerslp.com for more information. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Queer SLP. If you enjoyed listening, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Bye! Bye.